You're listening to The Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama sports, and sports director for WVUA 23. It's time for The Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Gary Harris Show. This is the TGIF edition for Friday, January 19, 2024. I'm your host, Gary Harris. Justin Jones right there on the other side of the glass. Many of the controls taking your phone calls on the First Domain Condominiums hotline at 205-342-9904. And listen, um, college athletics is very fluid right now, college football in particular, and a lot changes in a 24-hour period. I think that that we're seeing that particularly when you've had a coaching change and this uh, this ridiculous rule that, you know, when there's a coaching change, the portal opens back up for 30 days for players at that school. So uh, there's a there's a lot going on. Uh, Alabama gains a quarterback from Washington, loses a quarterback to the portal, uh, swapping uh, quarterbacks, so to speak. We'll get into that here in just a moment and uh, Alabama adding another coach uh, DeBoer is to the coaching staff really highly acclaimed defensive coach uh, from Wisconsin we'll get into that in a moment as I'll run down some headlines uh, but um, you know again I, I, I've been on a little bit of a, a rant lately as far as um, what the situation is now and and I know the NCAA is a a convenient whipping boy and I get it and everybody says well they should have gotten out in front of all this but the reason they fought to keep the system in place that they had was because the system did work uh it worked better for collegiate athletics in terms of how collegiate athletics was designed to be whether you like that statement or not and the minute that uh, NIL was approved and the transfer portal was approved this is where we were going and I'm just amazed at the amount of people who act like they didn't know this was what this was going to turn into. There's no way, if you follow college sports, that you could not have seen that this is where this was going, for better or for worse. You may be 100% for it. You know, you may be 100% for it and say this is a better system and players should be able to swap schools 11 times. I'm being facetious, of course, but three or four or five times during their career, and they should be able to ask for as much money as they can get. And... um the portal should give players a chance to leave even when they haven't even gone through a practice yet and just gotten enrolled in classes for a week. That You may be all for that. And if you are, that is certainly your right. But if you're someone like me who likes a little more structure and like to see more rules in place, uh, this is not good. I don't like this. This is, this is, this is crazy to me. Um, but it's a system we have, and to get back to my point, I just don't know how you ever, if you follow college sports, the minute, and I know it was under this guise of name, image, and likeness, or we're going to pay guys for their jerseys, and we're going to pay guys for being in video games. No, we're going to pay guys to come play at schools. That's what this was going to be from the minute it was put in. And, yeah, some, some players do benefit from their name, image, and likeness. There are some legitimate endorsement deals out there. But for the most part, this is just a pay-for-play deal. And we're going to have to, at some point, I, I, some, some, some rules have got to be instituted. I mean, this is ridiculous. Justin, we've talked about it. Is, is are academics even a factor anymore? I mean, you got guys, you know, just getting enrolled good. I mean, can you just can you just swap schools anytime you want and just jump in? I mean, we're in we're in March now, but we're going to jump in and start going to class somewhere else. 
I mean, used to you had to finish semesters. You had a quarter system when it was still going. Now, I mean, you know, Julian saying is, um, you know, he's not even, he just started classes last week. I know that if a normal student that's not an athlete tried to do this, the university and any university would throw a fit in trying to let them transfer in the middle of a semester. I, I know. It's just, it's, it's unbelievable. But, um, yeah, and, and, and Barry just texted me. Barry Sanderson, this is something I was just having this very conversation before my show this morning. He's 100% right. All the investment that you put into recruiting these guys, and then when you bring them in, the investment already in, in lodging and in, you know, getting them situated and, and um, you know, just the scholarship itself. <clears throat> Outside of the NIL money, it costs a lot to finance these scholarships. And, and then a guy up and leaves before he's ever even – gotten here good uh i you know i don't like the system i I didn't i haven't liked it from the get-go doesn't matter what i like i get that but i again i i I just don't think this is you know maybe a lot of people are reveling right now and it happening to alabama i get it you know because you know alabama's been so successful and there are a lot of the schools right now that are enjoying it but it could be your school next week man i'm just telling you i mean it's uh a coach leaves, and it's just, you know, it's a mass exodus. So it really is. But we're going to get into all this here in just a moment. First, I need to tell you, as always, this hour of the Gary Harris Show being brought to you by Alabama Credit Union. Member-owned and not-for-profit, it really is just a better way of banking. Find out more at alabamacu.com. That's alabamacu.com, Alabama Credit Union. Loans for real life. Some rules and restrictions do apply. See if you're eligible for membership. Then join today and feel good about your money. And pull extra change in your pocket. All right, let me give you the rundown. It's a good one. Adam Amin from Fox Sports back with us at 930. Always love having Adam. We're going to talk NFL playoffs, NBA, and more with Adam Amin. Also, we've got uh, 10 o'clock Alabama gymnastics coach Ashley Johnston. Absolutely, for her weekly appearance as the Tide is in action again tonight. Off to a great start this season. Then at 1030, it's the Auburn Report with Brett Pritchett. So, going to be looking forward to catching up on all things Auburn Tigers. And could they be a factor in uh, Julian Sayan? I mean, I, my feeling is he's going to, even though he's from California, I think he's going to wind up playing in this part of the country. So, you know, we're going to see. But uh, a great show on tap, plus all the terrific weekend music to get you ready. The TGIF edition means a lot of great music. During the week, we play the normal bumper music, but on Friday, Justin and I go crazy. You know, we break out all the weekend tunes, man, all my favorite tunes. So uh, we're going to get to phone calls on the First Domain Condominiums hotline at 205-342-9904. But let me go ahead, because there's so much happening, Justin, and hit them up with some uh, Friday morning headlines right here on the Gary Harris Show. Well, we've said it already, Julian saying Alabama's five-star quarterback signee is on the move. And um, he is going to go into the portal and find another school. Uh, This was the quarterback that Alabama targeted under the previous staff and recruited and brought him in to be their uh, number one quarterback in the 2023 signing class, but uh, 2024 signing class, but um, he's no longer going to be here. But he is going to be replaced. In fact, he already has been. It was uh, reported last night, and uh, Alabama is bringing in a quarterback from Washington, Austin Mack, 6'6", 226, 
Simon Washington in the 2023 class out of Loomis, California. He was originally part of the 2024 class, but he reclassified and enrolled early. He took a red shirt and did not play under Coach DeBoer. His starter, Michael Penix Jr., of course, was the guy there in Washington. But this is a guy highly recruited. And, and just, again, this is not, you know, anything wild. This is the truth. Uh, Ryan Grubb and Kalen DeBoer, they evaluate quarterbacks differently than other staffs. This was their guy. Uh, Austin Mack is the guy that they brought in to Washington, and uh, they wanted to bring him into Alabama. I'm not saying Julian Sands is not a great quarterback, but I understand from people that I've talked to that this was the quarterback that Washington targeted. Doesn't We'll see who turns out to be better, but I think the Washington coaching staff had Austin Mack evaluated and higher rated in their minds than Julian Sayan. You know, if Julian Sayan, if if uh, Nick Saban's still the coach and Tommy Reese is still the offensive coordinator, Julian Sayan is probably still quarterback at Alabama. But that's not the case. And they wanted to bring in the new coaching staff did, Austin Mack. So that's the way it goes. Also, Alabama is bringing in, uh, DeVore's bringing in another assistant coach, and uh, he looks like a good one. Wisconsin safeties and co uh, defensive coordinator Colin Hitchler is coming in as a defensive coach. He spent uh, one season at Wisconsin, but really it was an impressive year, 344 yards per game of total defense. Uh, at Cincinnati in 2021, he helped the Bearcats have the number one ranked pass defense in the country. This coaching staff is looking pretty good, and we'll talk more about it later on in the show. As we told you yesterday and we interviewed Coach Weingarten live on the air, the Tuscaloosa County High School coach is leaving for a position as a high school relations director at Troy University. He says he wanted to get into college coaching his entire life, and now the timing was right. And uh, Major Applewhite is the new head coach at South Alabama. <clears throat> he had been under the uh, direction of Kane Womack as the offensive coordinator. Then Womack left to become the defensive coordinator at Alabama. Major Applewhite gets an opportunity to be the head coach at South Alabama. And... Uh, College basketball last night, number 10 LSU, the defending national champions on the women's side, came into Tuscaloosa. Alabama led that game, Justin, at the half, 35-34. And then I, I saw in the third quarter they had been outscored 20-3 to at one point. So it was pretty much over. LSU went on to win that game, I think, by about 20. Um, <clears throat> so that's why they're the defending national champion. They had lost Sunday at Auburn. But Alabama had a great first half but could not make it stand up. Also, a couple of other notes. Former Alabama tight end Amari Nyblack is, as expected, enrolling at Texas. And Ohio State, the Buckeyes, bringing in Bill O'Brien as the offensive coordinator for the Bucks after he coached with the Patriots this past year. Of course, he'd been the offensive coordinator at Alabama prior to that. All right, let's go ahead and uh, get to some phone calls here before we hit the break. We got Tom, and uh, then we'll get to Joe down in Dothan. Good morning, Tom. Hey, Gary, how are you this morning? Um, just all kind of crazy stuff going on. But I wanted to bring up something that you made two points on uh, out of the gate and, and uh, in your intro. And, and the first one is that uh, the, the NCAA has absolutely been a whipping boy for several years for all of us that didn't like anything that didn't go our way, well, we would blame the NCAA. And and, and, um, and you're correct on that. And then the second point was that, you know, all this stuff is going on, and it was impossible for people that have been around this sport for as long as they have not to have seen or believed what would happen if if all this took place. And, and, and that leads me to say this. 
if those statements are true, and I do believe you are telling the truth when you made those statements, and I believe them to be true, is that, you know, when they lost the case with Ed O'Bannon, you brought it up yesterday, when they lost that case, I think they threw their hands up in there and said, to hell with it. You know what? The hell with it. We can't defend ourselves no more. We're getting punched from every direction, and we're no longer able to defend ourselves in the public domain or in the legal uh, domain. We can't go to court and win. We can't win in public opinion or anything else. So we're going to throw our freaking hands up, and this is what you got. And, uh, and I do believe that those statements that you said are very much related to that attitude that was taken when that case was lost. Yeah, I agree with most of what you just said, Tom. I do. And, um, again, oh. I, I know that they're whipping boy and, and people can say, well, why they didn't get out in front of it and all this. Because, like I said, the system that they had worked for them. And whether you like that or not, it did. And it worked for the term in terms of structure and in terms for coaches, it worked better. Uh, and you say, well, you get out in front of it. But as soon as they had said, hey, we're going to start paying players, that, that, they wouldn't have stopped with that. I mean, what a lot of people wanted was unrestricted free agency, and that's what we've got. And uh, I don't know that we can reel it back in. Tom, you and I keep talking about, a lot of us keep talking about, well, somebody's got to do something. Well, who's somebody and what are they going to do? I've continued to ask that question, and evidently it's a – did we lose Tom? Okay, lost Tom. But, uh, Tom, I, I think you made great points. Problem now is I don't know who that somebody is. And if there is somebody that tries to do something, I don't know that they're going to be allowed to do it now. I mean, I don't know. Again, once the genie's out of the bottle, I don't know that you can you can put the genie back in the bottle. Pandora's box has been opened. I, I don't know that uh, there's anything that can be done. And it's a, it's a it's just a mess. That's all it is. All right, let's get to Joe down in Dothan. Good morning, Joe. Morning, Gary. Thanks for taking my call. You're you're welcome, Gary. Um, yeah, I tell you, it'd, be, it'd sure be nice if they could come out with some kind of slow release nausea medication specifically <laughs> for Alabama fans to help get us through the rest of this portal window. My goodness gracious, Gary, when, when this, you know, when I first heard the news about coach Saban retiring, you know, after getting over kind of just the initial gut punch and shock, um, my, my next thought was, wow, that was my biggest fear, Gary. You know, how are we going to keep our roster from getting absolutely raided? And also this incoming recruiting class. And uh, Gary, it's, I'm not surprised at all. Um, and you can thank the, you know, you can thank whoever you'd like, the NCAA, the woke sports writers that for years have masqueraded as sports fans that are really political hacks who, who compare, you know, college football to modern day slavery, beat the drum for NIL, beat the drum for the transfer portal. And, and don't get me wrong, I have no problem with players getting paid. I've always felt that they should get paid for their name, image, and likeness. But I, I, I'm agreeing with what you said. This, this is what happens. This is what it's become. And it's sad, Gary. It really is. Joe, you met, you have some good comments, and uh, I agree with most of what you said. And it's not it's still not a popular take to 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 take the. If most people are still trying to line up and say, "Oh, this is still great." This is it's not great. It's not great. Players getting money for name, image, and likeness, no problem with that. But unrestricted free agency, players being recruited from other schools before they go in the portal. Um, mega offers to high school kids. You know, I'll tell you something else, Joe, that not a lot of people realize. A lot of these big-time recruits, it is you don't just recruit the player. You know, a lot, a lot of times, and I'm talking about all over the country, many times this is a family deal. The families pack up and move with 
the football player to whatever town they go to. I mean, this is a whole family deal. That's the kind of investment you're making. You're oftentimes investing enough in these players that the whole family picks up and moves. So it's big business. And, you know, and like I've said before, it was always big business. But at least for a while, there was still this, 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 you know, facade that it was hey, win one for home team you. And, uh, you know, there was a mirage that they were playing for grow up, you know, like they did when Coach Bryant was here and you grew up dying to play for Alabama. That's not the case anymore. I mean, that's, right. you know, it is, it is what it is. And uh, Coach Saban's the greatest to ever do it. But this is really the way this game has gone in the last 10 or 15 years. And he had a lot to do with it, you know, with the way he recruited nationally and, and, and bringing these guys in that don't have any ties to the school. And he was able to hold it all together. But when he leaves, you know, these guys that came to play for him, they're wanting to go, Joe. So Alabama's just got to try to survive this and get through it and hopefully on the field. You know, I still want to believe that results on the field matter, too. And, you know, if you beat these people on the field, maybe you'll have uh, you'll have bragging rights. But right now, it's almost like all these other schools are taking a victory lap at Alabama's expense. Thank you, Joe. Great phone call. Let's get to Phillip before we have to hit the break. Good morning, Phillip. Well, Gary, you know, this is um, – I don't think – there's, there's no way that people can uh, tell me that the staff didn't have a pretty good feeling a few days ago that, that Julian Sane was pro- possibly going to leave. That's my view. Um, I just I just think this didn't shock them. And, well, let me say this, Philip, and I said this earlier, and I don't want it to go over people's heads, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Washington's on the West Coast. Uh, Washington mm-hmm. – um, Grubb and DeBoer recruit quarterbacks. Uh, they recruited the young man that they're bringing in from California, uh, Austin Mack. Uh, I, you know, from what I understand, talking with some people, Austin Mack was their number one quarterback prospect. They signed him at Washington. He's coming here. Doesn't mean Julian Sands not a great player. He is. He's going to have a lot mm-hmm. of people that want to sign him. He was Alabama's top quarterback recruit under the previous staff. But there's a possibility that, DeBoer and Grubb like Austin Mack more than they like Julian Sand. So maybe they didn't recruit him out of high school. Maybe he wasn't in their plans here. So maybe he's reacting to this coaching staff coming in, and they're not reacting to him leaving. So I'm just saying that that's a possibility, is that maybe they just like Austin Mack more than they like Julian Sand. Right or wrong? I don't know. I don't evaluate quarterbacks for a living. Never never have claimed yeah. to. But that, that could be a possibility. It could be. Yeah, I mean, it could be. Uh, that would be that's, that's something, but, but that takes that's something. But anyway, Alabama does have a positive, some positive possibilities this weekend. I think they're going to have to, you know, if Ryan Williams still comes, and I'm, I'm hopeful they've gone over all this with him. If if he still comes and visits this weekend, uh, they've got a chance to sit down with him and really show him some some. Um, some things about the Alabama collective maybe that he hasn't heard before that is new and and it might salvage that relationship and, and uh, Alabama's possibly signing him, you know, get, you know, getting him to sign. So, but this is still, I still perceive this as a blow. This is, well, most people do Philip and you may be right. I, again, I, 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 
you know, if the previous staff was still here, I mean, there's no doubt this Julian Sand was was going to be their guy probably for the future or one of their guys. It's a different staff. I'm not sure this staff used Julian Sand the same way the previous staff did. That's all I'm saying. So, you know, it's a perception blow, but ultimately, you know, uh, maybe they like Austin Mack more than they like Julian Sand. And certainly now Austin Mack is going to be uh, – the new quarterback in this group. I mean, obviously Jalen Milrow and, and Ty Simpson are going to lead the way. You still got Dylan Lonergan, but you know, if you want to look at it as as the way I'm kind of looking at it, it looks like they traded Julian Sayan for Austin Mack to me, Philip, and that's just the way that I see it. Hey, great call. I got to hit the break. Always good to hear from you. Nine twenty one. We're off and running. More phone calls are welcome on the. Uh, First Domain Condominiums Hotline, 205-342-9904. We got uh, Adam Amin coming up at 930, and we're already off and running. Great weekend music as well. Keep it dialed in right here to the Gary Harris Show. This season of Alabama football on Tide 100.9, brought to you by Birmingham Racecourse Casino. Just a few minutes away where you can be a winner, too. From the University of Alabama, this is Crimson Tide Today. It's a daily update on Bama sports and it's brought to you by Guthrie's. America's original chicken finger restaurant is now an official partner of the Alabama Crimson Tide. For franchise information, visit Guthrie'sChicken.com. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. On Thursday's edition of Crimson Drive, driven by NASCAR, we were joined by the Athletics' Bruce Feldman to talk about the Kalen DeBoer hire for Alabama. Just basically asking people who know him well and have been around him, what exactly is it that makes him so good? Because it's an uncanny level of success that he's had, you know, way before, you know, way before that he became a head coach at, at Washington, you know, he'd won a bunch of national titles at the NAI level, seemingly with, with just a way different way of life as a head coach in terms of resources and what you're dealing with. But I think he is, everything I've heard is just, he's been a guy who's always been true. He's very authentic, very comfortable in his own skin. And he's really uh, unflappable in the moment and doesn't get rattled. And those things are, it's one thing to say you're going to be that way. It's another thing to have evidence that that's how you are. I'll have more in a moment. Founded in Haleyville in 1965, Guthrie's Golden Fried Chicken Fingers has been family-owned and operated in Alabama for over 58 years. Like their famous signature dipping sauce, Guthrie's has been imitated but never duplicated. Using the family's original Southern Fried Chicken recipe, Guthrie's is still serving the best chicken fingers in the world. Just like you like them, fresh, hot, and fast. Guthrie's, America's original chicken finger restaurant and now an official partner of the Alabama Crimson Tide. For franchise information, visit Guthrie'sChicken.com. If you missed our interview with Bruce Feldman, catch it on demand on the Alabama Insider Podcast, as well as the CTSN YouTube page. Crimson Tide Today is brought to you by Guthrie's. Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sports Network from Learfield. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Forecast gradual clearing today. Colder, the high in the upper 30s at 39. Much colder tonight. The sky fair, the low at 16. And tomorrow we stay below freezing all day. A good supply of sunshine, the afternoon high at 30. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 35 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You see him on WVUA 23 covering sports and on Tider Insider TV on Tuesday nights. Don't miss a minute of The Gary Harris Show. Weekdays from 9 to 11 on Tide 100.9. 
Lookout weekend. It's here. Welcome back into the Gary Harris Show 925. Adam Amin coming up here in just a few minutes. But right now, I'm going to jump out on the First Domain Condominiums Hotline and, and talk a couple of minutes with Andrea over at Hair Etc. Highway 69 South in Tuscaloosa. It's where I get my hair cut. And boy, I needed one badly this week. Got in to see Andrea a couple of days ago. Now I am feeling fresh. Good morning, Andrea. How are you? Good morning, Gary. I'm great. How are you? I'm doing a lot better since you cut my hair a couple of days ago. And hair, et cetera, man, it's not just a hair salon. There is so much more that uh, y'all offer. Uh, tell us about it. We do. We offer um, esthetician services, which is facials, hydrofacials, scalp treatments. We offer gift cards. We have a new app. There's so many things that are going on. We're really excited. And obviously, I'm a man, and I get my hair cut there. So this is uh, this is men and women. Absolutely. We do in the entire family from age two to 93. You know, one thing I like about it, and uh, I, it's relaxing to me, it, the atmosphere is its big. It's roomy. The atmosphere is is so relaxing. It's so colorful. Everybody's so friendly. Of course, you know, I didn't just get the haircut. You you washed my hair. You styled it. You did the whole bit. But it's a, it's a really nice, beautiful salon, too. Thank you. We have brand new state-of-the-art shampoo bowls. We like to make you feel at home while you're in our chairs. All right, tell everybody uh, the hours of operation. And, of course, obviously, there's a lot of other stylists uh, there uh, in addition to you. But, obviously, I, I promote you. Andrea is the one. If I'm going to Harry Center, folks, get book Andrea. But uh, tell everybody when you're open and uh, how they can find you. Yes, sir. We're there from 9 to 5 on Mondays. And we're there from 9 to 6 Tuesday through Friday and 9 to 5 on Saturday. Call to make an appointment, 205-366-2204, and ask for Andrea. Thank you, Andrea. Thank you so much. Bye. Have a great weekend. All right, it's 927 here on the Gary Harris Show. We've got a couple minutes before we have to hit the break. <clears throat> so if you want to squeeze in, <clears throat> pardon me, quick phone call, 205-342-9904 on the First Amendment Condominiums Hotline. You can do so. We've got Adam Amin coming up. And uh, Adam is going to talk NFL, NBA, professional sports, because that's what he does now strictly for Fox. He doesn't do college anymore. But I am going to get his opinion on, on you know, Nick Saban retiring and, and um, you know, what all is happening with Alabama and NIL. So that's coming up here in, in just a couple more. And Justin, again, and I know I've already gotten a social media message, you know, accusing me of sugarcoating it. Uh, no, listen, the previous staff, I think, felt like Julian Sane was the number one high school quarterback in the country. In the country. He was the quarterback they had targeted. They recruited him. They signed him. I think he's a fabulous player. I was excited that he was at Alabama. Okay? I was. Somebody's going to get a good quarterback. All that I am telling you is, is that when Kalen DeBoer and Ryan Grubb were at the University of Washington, the quarterback they targeted was Austin Mack. He even reclassified, like Ryan Williams has done. He reclassified so that he could move up and sign with the college of his choice. That's all that I'm saying. All I'm saying is that different coaching staffs evaluate guys in different ways. And it appears to me that Kalen DeBoer and Ryan Grubb had Ryan or had Austin Mack evaluated higher than Julian Sayan. That's all I'm saying. All right, let's get out on the hotline real quick and talk to Pat before we have to hit the break. Good morning, Pat. Guys, hey, which one of our quarterbacks is gone, man? I can't believe. 
that we just went and pulled another quarterback when we got Marshall Dillon in the stable. That uh, my quarterback, but oh, uh, hey, Jalen's out of here, and Jalen's oh, not out of here. Where'd you get the Where'd you get the impression Jalen's out of here? Watch, Jalen's not going it. anywhere. Jalen's Jalen's leaving in the spring, but uh, and so hey, so probably is Ty Simpson, and oh, Auburn's gonna uh, gonna get him a quarterback, and that's what I what Auburn needs with these uh, talented wide receivers that they have. So if Jalen and Simpson leave, who's going to play quarterback for Alabama? Oh, the new man. They brought, they, they brought him in to play. I had a watch. Had a, and uh, he's, he's, got the, he's got the attributes. And I thought he you know, really didn't have a big, oh, so how do you say, oh, uh, Repertoire or what he's what he's done for sample size, but uh, Martin said Martin disagreed with me because he's been in that system for a year, and that he actually has oh more uh, a better chance of coming in to play than probably anybody on. Well, I like him. Like I just said, I think they I think the staff evaluated him and and have him rated higher than they had Julian saying. I don't think he's going to be the starting quarterback this year. I don't think he's ready to be. I, I think their quarter, starting quarterback is going to be Jalen Milrow. If something happened, he did take a big NIL offer somewhere else, then I think the quarterback would be Ty Simpson. I, I like Austin Mack, too. I don't think he's going to be your starting quarterback this year. I, I just I just don't. He redshirted last year. He reclassified, so he's a year younger. Uh, he really is the age of a true freshman this year, and I just don't think they're bringing him in play right away. But we'll see, Pat. We'll see, but I, I don't think that they want two quarterbacks leaving and having to go to a a transfer freshman quarterback to be the starting quarterback this year. Spring season, I'd to see what to see what happens. All right, we'll see what happens. All right, Pat, thank you. Got to get to the break. We'll come back with Adam Amin from Fox Sports next, right here on the Gary Harris Show. It doesn't wait for when your finances are in perfect order. It just happens. But no matter what surprises come your way, Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. They offer an easy application process and fast decisions so you can stay focused on feeling good about whatever life brings your way. Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. Alabama Credit Union, loans for real life. Visit alabamacu.com to learn more. Some rules and restrictions apply. See if you're eligible for membership, then join today and feel good about your money. As much as Innisfree has evolved, it will always be that place to escape and have a good time. Whether it's for a game day weekend, to reminisce on college days, or to create new memories, if you're looking for a good time, there's only one thing to do. Head to the free at 1925 University Boulevard. And don't forget about the Lucky Lunch Meat and 3 special Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m. Get a meat and 3 vegetables for just $8.49. Or for a lighter appetite, try the Lucky Lunch Soup, Salad, or Sandwich Combo. I'll see you at the free. Where the season never ends. This is your home of Alabama. Sports Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. The TGIF edition, my gosh, man, that first half hour, Justin, we hit the ground running, didn't we? Woo, Lord. Uh, it's wide open and uh, been wide open all week. And Adam Amin from Fox Sports is with us and love having Adam on. We usually stick to pro sports and we will for the most part today. But good morning, Adam. I'm going to have to get your opinion on what's going on here in Tuscaloosa. How are you? Doing all right, my friend. Well, the GOAT uh, 
hung it up last week, as you know. I walked into a 4 o'clock staff meeting. He uh, had said that at 3.55, he still wasn't sure what speech he was going to give, but he gave the retirement speech, and uh, since then it's been a whirlwind. Uh, Kalen DeBoer comes in, and uh, the portal is open for business, and Alabama players are, are hitting it uh, quite a few of them, including five-star quarterback signing Julian Sand this morning. Uh, just, you know, I know you're not in the college game as much anymore, but you still keep up with it. Just your reaction to, to Nick Saban hanging it up after 17 years and Kalen DeBoer being brought in and Alabama kind of in uh, in a whirlwind right now. Yeah, a little bit, uh, to say the least, with all the movement taking place. And this is uh, this is what it's like on the other end, you know. And, and I know Alabama fans are really used to seeing it at this level uh, or at this rate, uh, some of the transfer portal moves that you're starting to see. And I saw, you know, Kalen DeBoer is bringing in a quarterback. They'll have Austin Mack and, you know, the quarterback room is going to have a bunch of new names and all pretty much, you know, from, from outside places. The, what was that? Tyler Buchner, the former lacrosse player left there. You know, Jalen Milrow is still there. Gonna have a bunch of these guys battling for backup jobs. There's there's gonna be a lot of interesting turnover. There's gonna be a lot of interesting things to observe. But you know, this is new territory for for Alabama and Alabama fans. First time in quite some time. I mean, this is one of the great coaches in the history of sports in America. So it's uh, it, you know, arguably, and I, I would probably argue for him being the greatest college co- uh, college head coach of all time, just based on the era that he had to coach in and the success that he found consistently in multiple places and, and the essential dynastic level that he built Alabama to. Uh, I feel like he's one of the, one of the great coaches, probably the greatest coach in my, in my opinion, in college football history, and certainly one of the greatest coaches in the history of American sports uh, and certainly in this century. So, I mean, what a, what an incredible career. And uh, I think he's going to be, end up on your TV. I think he'll end up on game day or whatever it is. And he'll be able to, you know, stay in the game and still get paid and have a, have connectivity and then ease his way out whenever he feels like he doesn't want to do anything anymore. Adam, when you were still at ESPN and doing a lot of college play-by-play and, and we were talking about this then and, and the name, image, and likeness, which, again, I think we all agreed, you know, if, if, if someone's profiting off a college student's athlete, uh, student athlete's name, image, and likeness, they should get to, um, you know, they should benefit from that themselves. And uh, But I also think, I remember having this conversation with you <clears throat> and that, you know, I think we both knew that once this was instituted that, unfortunately, this isn't about selling jerseys or video games this is pay for play this is unrestricted free agency and i mean it's and it's wild i mean i'm here in one of the top college towns in america and this is just you know recruits sign the entire family moves to town i mean these are family decisions Uh, this is big business as lane kiffin said you know even the nfl has rules in regards to free agency so i keep getting calls saying somebody needs to do something i keep asking the question i've asked since this was put in Who's somebody and what are they going to do? Obviously, if somebody could do something, I think at this point something would would be done because there's no doubt that right now this thing's a little bit out of control, in my opinion, Adam. What do you say? Yeah, it's hard for me to say out of control or not from the outside looking in because once the games start, we're all kind of just captivated by the game. I agree. But but it's it's strange to watch it in in this form at this frequency with these machinations going as quickly and as rapidly as they are. I, it 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 tells me that there's got to be something, some kind of regulation to this because it, it depends on what you want from college athletics, you know. And and do you want it to be a little bit more equitable? Because 
I, I was hoping that NIL would make things more equitable for smaller schools. You know, I, I remember kind of, you know, I was finishing up doing college athletics, you know, four, four or five years ago, or at least college football about four or five years ago. And uh, I was thinking of teams like UCF, you know, before all the realignment took place and they were still in the American conference. And I thought, well, you know, how about a place like UCF, a really seemingly high quality you know, mid-level program, mid-major, so to speak, uh, group of five program, I figured name, image, and likeness would help and benefit those types of places because that would make it more equitable to give high-quality in-state talent a reason to stay at UCF rather than, you know, making the jump to try to go to a big-time school or a bigger school or whatever it may be. I figured that's that that was supposed to be the point of it, but instead it's been... You know, the rich continue to stay rich. That doesn't mean that the smaller schools haven't benefited in, in some form or fashion, but I, I figure that this was just going to be, you know, for, for the for the equity of the sport, and it really hasn't been the case. Uh, that hasn't been the main factor. It's been mostly, all right, well, how can the biggest schools collective, you know, get together to create essentially a powerhouse slush fund to, to bring players in. And, and again, I'm happy for the players. I got no issue with the players being able to get paid and make money and, and all that good stuff. Cause again, this is, this is big business. This has been big business for quite some time. And a lot of people were profiting who weren't on the field. So I, I much prefer it this way rather than the old method, but without some kind of structure, mm-hmm. you know, this is going to be a free for all. And if that's what you want, if you're college athletics, if that's what you feel like is going to benefit you in the long run, all right, fine. You guys found the system you want. I don't think people feel that way. I don't think college coaches feel that way. I, I don't even necessarily know if players feel that way. You know, I, I feel like there's still so many gray areas when it comes to name, image, and likeness and, and how it's regulated or how it's not regulated to where, you know, coaches may not have to live up to certain standards or collectives may not have to live up to certain standards that they're dealing with you know, 18, 19 year old kids. And I also know that some of these numbers are being inflated by agents. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of agents out there who are kind of inflating some of the numbers. And again, I know what they're doing. That's their job. That's their job, whether they're representing a professional basketball player or a college football player or a college gym, gymnast or whatever, their job is to inflate numbers that so they can drive up market, uh, market prices. And that's fine, but that's happening. So whatever you're reading, may not even be necessarily true as to how much a kid is getting or where the family member is going or, or this and that. So there's just a lot of gray area in this, in this yeah. new era right now. And, and I figure some of it will get cleared up as, you know, the next couple of years go by and maybe some regulation or some rules or some structure infrastructure will be put into place. But that's what it feels like on the outside looking in right now. Yeah, and you touched on an interesting thing as far as the, the players and this with the coaches. You're going to start seeing players get cut. You know, you you made uh, you made this amount of money for this season. Coach calls you in and says, "Hey, you didn't live up to the productivity. Either you take a pay cut, or or you we're bringing somebody else in too." It's going to work both ways. I mean, this is this is the system we have for now. And you're right. There's no there's no rules or regulations. So. Players are going to leave, and players are also going to get cut, and players are going to be asked to take less money to bring in other players. It's 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 where we're at. Let's move on to your expertise now with with the NFL, and you know Saban uh, retired, and we also saw Pete Carroll get reassigned with the Seahawks, and Bill Belichick's tenure come to an end um, with the the Patriots. Father Time 
doesn't wait for any of us. And uh, obviously Belichick wants to coach again, but your reaction to those two announcements last week? Man, uh, it really is an end of an era. I don't think I'm overstating that, right, to see some of these big names, and Belichick in particular, um, because his legacy is is so interesting when you back off and, and look at it from the big picture, right? Because there's complications there, whether it's the Spygate stuff that took place, you know, about a decade ago, whether it's measuring his success up against the success of Tom Brady. And, and I do believe that they were both kind of perfect for each other. Um, but the way it's judged is, is fascinating to see. Uh, and again, he's not done yet either. It seems like, it seems like maybe the Falcons are, mm-hmm. are, you know, in a, in an incredible twist of irony, uh, one of the one of the front runners to try to bring in Bill Belichick for the next gig, now, which I think actually would be a fascinating and, and really fun move to see uh, how how it's going to play out. Pete Carroll doesn't want to be done either. You know, it seems like Nick's done, right? Nick's want, Nick's going to go go do TV and then fade off into the sunset. Whereas you know these guys aren't done yet. They they still feel like they have a lot of coaching to do. And I don't know where the fit is, right? You know, Belichick with Atlanta seems like a good good fit, seemingly. But you're you know you're gonna have to go hire an offensive coordinator in Atlanta. I, I feel like the the legacies are intact in terms of the winning. I think there's complication involved for both of them. You know, with Carroll with his time at USC and how that came to a close. How he had to vacate wins and you know that in that run of you know seven years where they were winning national titles and competing for national titles and all that. Uh, I think there's some complications to the legacy, but in the biggest picture, two of the greats of all time to ever do this, to ever uh, find success in, in America's most popular sport. Um, two two really good guys to pick their brains. I've always enjoyed talking to Pete Carroll about his teams. Uh, I've chatted with Bill a couple of times and, you don't get a whole lot from him when you talk, want to talk about his teams, but you like to talk about football with him. And, you know, it's a really interesting conversation. And it's, uh, it, it was always interesting. It, it, you know, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and overblow. Oh, it was an honor and a privilege and this and that. It's, they're football coaches. They're good. They're, you know, they're good football coaches and they like talking about the sport. Well, we're not going to make it bigger than it needs to be. But in terms of their success level, how it's relative to their sport, pretty impressive. Uh, over a long period of time with definitely some compl- you know complications and some some things to think about but overall just really impressive resumes for those two Adam Amin from Fox Sports with us talking uh, NFL. Let's get to the playoffs because uh, 17 game regular season, less uh, preseason games, less hitting practice. I mean, it's, uh, you know, we used to talk about this in terms of basketball, man, just get in the tournament, whether it be the NBA playoffs or this, and you can, we're seeing that in the NFL now, man, just get in, you know, some of these teams peak too early. Some of these young teams develop. Uh, we saw a super wild card weekend, man. Uh, it, it, it's crazy. Uh, what can happen if you just get into the playoffs and, you know, we had the, the Texans uh, blow out the Browns, obviously the Packers stunned the Cowboys uh, and the Eagles were reeling anyway in the Rod direction but tampa bay blew out philadelphia i mean uh, it's fun it's entertaining and i don't know what we're looking for in the divisional playoffs but that super wild card weekend was wild it definitely was and you know we haven't had a seven seed go all the way in, in quite some time i think green bay might have been the last one to do it uh, almost 15 years ago at this point but to me it feels like this is what you want like mm-hmm. this is what you want from from your 
you know, tournament system, you know, especially in the NFL where, where it really is anybody can beat anybody. You know, I think the system is just right for what you want to reward. All right, the best team in each conference, you get the you get the buy. It's the only buy that you get. You win your division, all right, cool. You're going to have an opportunity to at least host one home playoff game, and that's it. Everything else is a free-for-all because usually the top seven teams out of the 16 in each conference can – all play with each other. They're all they're all able to beat each other. You know, I, I think San Francisco and Baltimore are the two best teams. But it's easy to say that because we have a system in place that indicates as such. And that's why, you know, you and I have a lot have had a lot of conversations about how this relates to, you know, the system the college athletics has in place. And you and I have always talked about the playoff system and Oh, I think at least, you know, college football has made strides. This 12-team playoff is probably going to help, you know, the system and, and how it relates to, to what we see and how it should be applied to the postseason format. I think the NFL's postseason format is great. And, you know, weekends like this past one are a reason why. Because anybody can play with anybody during the season, and the playoff system is still reflective of that. You know, the, the Packers Cowboys the Packers Cowboys game was the perfect example of that. So uh, I, I feel like they're in a good spot. You know, it's fun to watch how this takes place. I'm fascinated by San Francisco Green Bay. Uh, you know, I've been saying for the last month plus that the Niners are the best team in the NFL, and I think that if they played the Ravens again, they'd beat them. But who knows if they'll get that chance? You get a hot team coming in. We saw how it affected you know games in the playoffs a couple of years ago where. You know, you, you get a couple special teams plays, and all of a sudden you got a wild card team making it all the way to the NFC title game. Uh, I think this is going to be a great weekend coming up in the divisional round because it was reflective of what we saw in the wild card round. Yeah, and the thing about the Packers is they're not the same team. They're still the youngest team in the NFL, but Jordan Love's hot. I mean, they're playing on house money. That, yeah, listen, I'm with you on the 49ers. They're really good, but they better not overlook Green Bay. Green Bay's going to go out there and let it all hang out. I, I, I want to follow up on the Cowboys, though, though, just because of the, the postseason disaster continues. This was supposed to be the year. They wound up winning the NFC East. They had home field. They had not lost at AT&T Stadium all, all season, and they get blown out. Um, Jerry Jones brings back Mike McCarthy. Are you surprised? A little bit. I, I am a little bit surprised by that. I thought that that was it. I figured they would try to go make a play for Belichick and, and all that good stuff, but I I am a little surprised. I Again, you could always make a case for and against. I was just surprised. I feel like McCarthy was coaching for his job about a month ago, and the fact that they even landed in the second seed was a little bit of, uh, of a break more than anything else uh, You know, with some of the breaks they got during late season games and and this and that with Detroit losing when when maybe they shouldn't have you know that controversial uh, controversial game in week 17 when they beat Detroit on the weird penalty calls and everything down the stretch you know they got a, a few breaks even be in the position that they were in so I figured he was just kind of coaching for his job and the playoff results would indicate what the result was going to be and and whether or not he would stay in uh in his position but yeah I was a little bit surprised Adam Amin, uh, knocking it out with us, man. We could just about do it. I had an hour with Adam. All right. Uh, the divisional playoffs coming up this, this weekend. I mean, Buffalo is, is rounded into form. You mentioned the 49ers. Ravens are sitting there ready to go. I mean, who do you like, um, uh, you know, coming out of these divisional rounds and getting to the championship games? And I still, I still think Baltimore and San Francisco are, are the best teams. 
I'm more sold on the 49ers. I'm sure part of that is recency bias, having been in their room the last you know, a couple of weeks of the regular season. I still feel like the Niners are the best team around. I think Green Bay is going to give them a really good game. You know, Detroit, you know, they're, they're a flawed team. You know, I do think they're a flawed team, but they're still confident and they're still physical. And I think that helps when you get into these types of situations. I think they're a more physical team than Tampa Bay is. And Tampa Bay has won games by being physical, but I'm more convinced of, of Detroit's physicality. And, and I did that game earlier this year, Detroit and Tampa, in Tampa. And it was a much different spot. It was very early in the year. It was October, I think, mid-October, late October. Uh, it was only week six. So, yeah, it's a little bit different. Uh, you can't really lean on that. But I feel like the physicality of what Detroit brings is what is going to be the factor there. I, I see Detroit and San Francisco moving on. Uh, I think that Chiefs-Bills game, man, is is – uh, we might be in for another great one. I, I think Mahomes and Allen, the type of season that both of those teams have had, especially on offense, you, they, I think they both kind of come to this point and been like, okay, we made it. We made it here. We got to the point where we, we felt like we needed to get to. All the problems that our teams have had, let's forget about them. Let's reset. We know this opponent like the back of our hand. We know these offenses. Let's try to execute defensively. And I think those quarterbacks are going to have uh, a, a, another epic battle. I, I don't know who who I'd lean towards. Maybe Buffalo, just because of the home mm-hmm. field advantage, but all that good stuff. But uh, I, I, maybe I'll lean Buffalo in that sense. Like I said, I think the Ravens is as wonderful as the Texan story is. And I'm rooting for D'Amico. Uh, I, I've said it before. I think he's my NFL coach of the year. And I think after last week, a lot of people agree with that. Uh, I think he's the coach of the year. I still feel like Baltimore is going to be in great shape. So if we end up with Baltimore, Buffalo, and you know, Detroit, San Francisco, what a great final four that we might end up with. And, and even if those aren't the, the teams participating, you could flip them and it's still going to be a great while, you know, final four next week. Yeah, you set that up well. It's going to be fun this weekend. All right, I want to get a minute or two on the NBA because you're an NBA guy. You call the Bulls games. I'm not in an NBA city. I'm a big NBA fan. But I have to tell you, and, and I'm worried about regular seasons in, in all sports. And I, I know they had the in-season tournament. But if you're not in an NBA city, I'm going to tell you, Adam, the vibe is almost like, well, we'll just wait till you know, we'll just wait till the spring to start watching NBA basketball. I am really now. I'm not talking about in in big cities where there are NBA teams like Chicago, but around the country, especially in the Southeast, I, I sense an NBA disconnect. I, you know, I'm wondering if that's a vibe you pick up on at all doing the games. It's just like, hey, I like the NBA, but I'll I'll just wait till the playoffs. I mean, uh, is that an issue going forward at all? Yeah, maybe it's just again in the part of the country I live in. It might be. I mean, I. I kind of feel the disconnect right now in Chicago just because yeah, you know, they're not, yeah. not as successful as, you know, as, as I think they'd like to be. And I think it's just this, where, wherever the city or wherever their success, I think is where that NBA city will latch onto the team. Like Minneapolis right now, is right. Yeah. Basketball, right. The, the Timberwolves are playing phenomenal. And, and Anthony Edwards, I think has become one of the 10 faces of the sport. And certainly somebody that the league wants and probably should invest in as a future star, as, as one of the future stars of this game. He's one of my favorite players working right now. Uh, just the style of play and how aggressive he is, some of the moves that he puts on. He had, a, he had this ridiculous play last night, but I just, you know, his level of awareness has is, is skyrocketed since playing with the USA team in FIBA this past summer. So I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to see that, that level of success. You know, the Clippers, 
people still care about the Clippers and the Lakers in Los Angeles. I think the, you know the Thunder of of uh, with how they've played have energized that mid you know the plains the Midwest fan base. Um, the Pacers, you know, the state of basketball, Indiana, you know, they've they've lit up Indianapolis because of the moves they made. They trade for Pascal Siakam. There's a lot of energy there. So I think I think that's the, the places where there's success is where you're still going to find the most connectivity. Otherwise, I do agree with you, Gary. I do think there is a disconnect with a lot of cities, especially because football is still going on. Once you get to, you know, mid-February after the Super Bowl is over, I think you'll start to see a little bit of that shift. I don't think college basketball has the same level of impact it once did. Uh, people will still pay attention, especially once we get to March. But uh, I, I feel like the NBA will get back into the spotlight once we get past the football season. Adam, it's awesome as always. I can't tell you how often, um, but it happens quite a bit when people will ask me, you're going to have Adam on this weekend or this Friday? And I'll be like, we'll see. But uh, we appreciate <laughs> your time, man. Promise. Uh, it's, it's a pleasure. And thank you so much. Well, you got it, my friend. Thank you. All right, 955. We'll come back and wrap up this first hour of the Gary Harris Show. It's flown by. We'll be back after this. Tarascos has been serving Mexican favorites like burritos, fajitas, and quesadillas since 1999. Their new location is at 4100 Owen Parkway in Northport. And, of course, you can find Los Tarascos in Tuscaloosa at 110 Skyland Boulevard. The bar areas feature big screen television so you can enjoy your favorite sporting events. Los Tarascos features daily happy hour specials. And for the best Mexican cuisine in West Alabama, remember, the name is Los Tarascos with locations in Tuscaloosa and Northport. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Well, forecast gradual clearing today. Colder, the high in the upper 30s at 39. Much colder tonight. The sky fair, the low at 16. And tomorrow we stay below freezing all day. A good supply of sunshine, the afternoon high at 30. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 35 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You're listening to The Gary Harris Show. Alabama Sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Oh yeah, Friday I'm in love, 9.58. This hour has been brought to you by Alabama Credit Union. It flew by, and it's going to go fast in the second hour, too. We're going to get it started with uh, Ashley Johnston, Alabama Gymnastics Coach, previewing tonight's meet. 10.30, the Auburn Report. We'll have more time for phone calls, too. We'll continue to discuss Alabama football. The portal giveth, and the portal certainly taketh away with Alabama right now. All that's coming up in the second hour. Gary Harris Show. Keep it dialed in right here at Ty 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. I don't care about you. It's Since 2011, Billy Sports Grill, located on Main Avenue in historic downtown Northport, has been serving their legendary signature chicken sandwich, award-winning wings, and handcrafted cocktails. Billy's is also the spot to watch all your favorite sporting events with big-screen, high-definition televisions, both dining rooms, at the bar, and outside on the beautiful patio. Come by and say hello to Kim and Lisa, the Billy's management dream team. Billy's, good food, good friends, and good time. Tuscaloosa's Old Colony Golf Course is an 18-hole championship layout designed by 1976 U.S. Open champion Jerry Pate. Director of Golf John Gray and fitting specialist Bob Montgomery are PGA certified. 
Mike Shivitz is the head professional and director of the Tuscaloosa Junior Golf Program. Call today to secure a tee time at the Tuscaloosa Championship Golf Course. Everyone can play. 205-562-3201. Old Colony is operated by Para. If you haven't already, you've got to try Tuscaloosa's unique breakfast, brunch, and lunch concept. Brick and Spoon, downtown Tuscaloosa, Timerson Square. It's fresh food with a Cajun flair featuring a full bar with build-your-own Bloody Marys and mimosas. Open daily, 7 a.m. until 2 p.m. Available for after-hours events, rehearsal dinners, receptions, and birthdays. They offer brunch and lunch catering. Call Brick and Spoon at 205-345-5551 for more information. WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a Town Square media station. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. Here's Nick Cope. In the NFL, former Texans head coach and Patriots offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien is reportedly becoming the new offensive coordinator at Ohio State. O'Brien is expected to handle play calling duties for coach Ryan Day. Former Stanford head coach David Shaw will interview for the Titans job this weekend after he interviewed with the Chargers on Thursday. College football ESPN reports Alabama freshman quarterback Julian Sayan, the top-ranked quarterback in the class of 2024, will enter the transfer portal in the wake of Nick Saban's retirement. In the NBA, the Timberwolves maintain their spot atop the Western Conference with a 118-103 win over the Grizzlies. Minnesota sits at 30-11. Thunder beat the Jazz 134-129, snapping Utah's nine-game home winning streak. Pacers topped the Kings 126-121 despite a triple-double for DeMontis Sabonis. Now, this hour is West Alabama real-time news update from the Tuscaloosa Thread Newsroom. A hard freeze warning goes into effect tonight for all of West Alabama, while a wind chill advisory is in effect for Lamar, Fayette, and Walker counties. Both expire tomorrow. This week's freezing weather has left several communities of West Alabama dealing with water issues. A boil water notice in effect for the Bibb County community of Randolph. There have also been water issues in Oakman and Walker County, Demopolis and Marengo County, and Uniontown in Perry County. In women's basketball, LSU defeated Alabama 78-58 at Coleman last night. The Tide now 15-5 on the year. 24-7 local news coverage and sports updates when you download the free Tuscaloosa Thread app and sign up for twice-daily email newsletters. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama sports, and sports director for WVUA 23. It's time for the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Here we go, hour number two of the Gary Harris Show, the TGIF edition, right here on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. It's Friday, January 19th, and it's 10.02 AM. Great first hour, nonstop. This hour of the Gary Harris Show being brought to you, as always, by Patterson Comer Attorneys at Law. Our business is to take care of your needs. Call Paul Patterson in Tuscaloosa at 205-345-1000 or Mike Comer in Northport, 205-759-3939. Feet on the ground in West Alabama, that's important. When you need a personal injury attorney, I think you need someone that's local that could be with you every step of the way. You can look them in the eye. And remember, they work on contingency. If they take your case, there's never a penny out of your pocket unless they collect for you. Patterson Comer Attorneys at Law, Patterson Comer Law. Firm.com.
No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of services performed by other lawyers. And we're going to break away from the football discussion for just a few minutes to visit with my friend, head coach Ashley Johnston, Alabama Gymnastics, off to a fabulous start. Uh, two weeks ago out in Las Vegas, Nevada, they won the Mean Girls Super 16. It was a Mean Girls, a mean, they were the meanest because they took it home. And then last Friday night, uh, a really good Missouri squad came in here, Alabama with a 197.2. 225 and to beat Missouri who had a 196.475 looking to keep it going tonight at home against Arkansas 6:30 on the SEC network it's the capes and crowns meet uh coaches with us good morning coach how are you Good morning. I'm doing great. It's great to be here. Well, I know you're doing great because, boy, this squad is uh, looking strong early. Uh, really an impressive performance last Friday night, I thought, against a, in a top-five matchup against Mizzou. Thank you so much. Yeah, we're really pleased with how we started this season. Of course, back at our Las Vegas meet, um, it was a really strong rivalry matchup against Auburn, UCLA, and Cal. And so uh, that was a great way to start off the season. And then of course, we were able to build upon that last week at our home opener against Missouri. And uh, so we're really trending in a positive direction right now. And we're looking to uh, build off of that tonight against a really strong team. Um, Arkansas is the number four team this week, and they are coming off of their uh, record-breaking home opener performance from last week. So they're a strong team, and uh, so we're looking forward to a great matchup tonight. Yeah, you went 197.125 in Vegas. You come back with 197.225 against Mizzou, and I know you'll be looking to go up another tenth or two tonight, and as you said, we'll probably need it against this really strong Arkansas squad. You're so right, and, uh, you know, the last two weeks we've really had two – Strong events um, each meet, and uh, but we've left a little bit too much on the table on two of the other events. And so tonight we're looking to start strong on the vault. Um, you're going to see some new faces in our lineup tonight. Wow. Um, a few season debuts and a few uh, career debuts. And uh, I think that will be great for us as a group to continue to build depth, build scoring potential as we progress through a, what is sort of a marathon of a season. Some new faces, uh, but if you hit on all four rotations tonight, is, is a 198 out there for you potentially tonight? Um, could you could you go that high if, if it all goes well? You know, I really believe this team is capable of anything. Okay. Um, they really are capable of greatness. And so uh, it, it's going to take a near-perfect uh, performance to hit that mark right now. And so I do think they're capable of that. Um, but we do our best to really let go of that outcome um, and just stay in the process. And each person that's up is working on honing in on their details and really solidifying their process and um, having a gamer mentality so that we get better at thriving in those sort of pressure cooker moments. Um, and so we've talked a lot as a group this week about um, just drowning out all that noise, that expectation, all those things that can really get in the way of our focus and, keeping our eye on the uh, on the hole, so to say, keeping our eye on, you know, really where our focus point needs to be. Mm -hmm. And uh, they've done a great job of buying into that mentality and earning every single opportunity, every moment that they're finding themselves in. A lot of buzz about Bama Gymnastics right now in town, and I know that uh, that's that's one of the things that uh, you want to continue to build on is Alabama's reputation as the top fan base for collegiate gymnastics in the country. A good crowd last week, and I know uh, um, we've gotten through this, you know, this 
bad weather. It's a little cool, but it's beautiful outside. 6.30. I know uh, you'd like to see a bigger crowd even than what we had last week. We do. We want to sell out tonight. Um, you know, it looks like we, we already are going to have a lot of people coming out, um, but we've still got a few thousand to go. So uh, really looking to see our fans show up. And, boy, what a week it's been for Tuscaloosa, <laughs> you know, from, from Coach DeBoer's uh, arrival last Friday to uh, some incredible crowds for men's basketball, women's basketball. Um, our town is just so amazing and such a difference maker, and we feel that. As a team, um, that helps us in recruiting and just really helps us move the needle as we want to be that team that nobody likes competing against um, because they're strong, they're fearless, they show up, they know how to execute and um, just keep moving forward. And so we're excited to put on another uh, great show, great performance tonight, and we need every uh, Every seat taken. Um, so come on out. It's, it's going to be a really great showdown. Yeah, that crowd last night for women's basketball was lit. Tell me what Capes and Crowns mm-hmm. is all about. So Capes and Crowns is such a fun uh, family event. You know, we're always looking to have the best environment um, for families, for students, for um, really anybody that walks through those doors. Um, even if you don't fully understand gymnastics, that's okay. You're going to learn it. You're going to figure it out. But most importantly, I want every single person to, at the end of the night, you know, leave Coleman thinking, wow, that was so much fun. I want to come back. And um, and so Capes and Crowns, there's going to be princesses and superheroes walking around the concourse to take pictures with the kiddos. And there'll be face painting, um, balloon animals. It'll really be a lot of fun. That's from five to six. And so, uh, you know, families can come early, park, you know, take their time getting over there. Like you said, it's sunny out. Um, it's just a great night to be able to spend time at the gymnastics meet. And, of course, our students are right there on the floor um, in the action, can really just be a part of that excitement and that momentum. So there's a, it's going to be a great experience for anybody. Back before the season, uh, we talked about this, and you've already mentioned getting new faces in. And, of course, obviously you hope to stay injury-free. But um, when you got here, you know, you wanted to add to the depth uh, of, the, of the roster. And, of course, you know, having these super seniors come back. But you seems to me, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems to me mission accomplished. It seems like you've got a really deep squad uh, that, you know, and, again, we hope injuries don't come. But it looks like it appears that you've got a lot of depth in your roster. We do. We we have great depth right now, and it's always something that we're speaking to, trying to continue to develop. And um, so this week has been a, a great opportunity to to really be able to test that out and um, put some new people in the mix. And we've talked about a, a quote we kind of keep coming back to, and that teamwork divides the task and multiplies the success. And so the better that we handle depth and and just more people in the mix it's really going to help us build throughout the season um because it is really normal to have some wear and tear and breakdown as the season goes on and um and that puts even additional pressure on each person and so uh tonight's going to be a a great night for some newcomers um we've got a really talented freshman class so i think our crowd's going to really love seeing uh jameson sears on the floor tonight um 
you, you're going to be blown away um, by her tumbling, by her performance, and uh, a few other newcomers as well. But um, it's going to be really exciting. All right, folks. Uh, looking for a sellout tonight? Go to RollTide.com for ticket information. Get out there and get out there early. It's the Capes and Crowns event against a really strong Arkansas squad. Alabama looks to post the victory tonight and uh, get to 3-0 and and hopefully uh, top the 197.225 that the Tide scored last week. Thank you so much, Coach. Always appreciate having you on. Thanks so much. Roll Tide. All right. Ashley Johnson, Alabama Gymnastics Coach. Big meet tonight at home against Arkansas. It is uh, 10-11. We're going to get back to the football discussion uh, full speed in the next segment. And, and I know we got a big men's basketball game tomorrow, too, with Bama at Tennessee. Had uh, Alabama LSU women last night. But I know a lot of people want to discuss what's going on with this Alabama football program. And I'm going to have some more thoughts on why, as, as alarming as all this appears to be right now, it's pretty much just the norm when you take into account what has happened around here in the last nine days. So I'll have that coming up. Do want to mention to you, my friends at the YMCA, this is the best month of the year to join. Why do you ask? Well, no joining fee all the way through January 31st. The entire month, all you have to do is go down and sign up, get your membership started with the Y, no joining fee during the month of January. The YMCA of Tuscaloosa, it's where I work out. I'd love for you to join me. 2313th Street, downtown in Tuscaloosa. And uh, give them a call if you want, 205-345-9622. Make uh, an appointment if you want, or just stop by. They'll show you around fitness classes, personal trainers. They've got it all at the Y of Tuscaloosa. As much as Innisfree has evolved, it will always be that place to escape and have a good time. Whether it's for a game day weekend, to reminisce on college days, or to create new memories, if you're looking for a good time, there's only one thing to do. Head to the free at 1925 University Boulevard. And don't forget about the Lucky Lunch Meat and 3 special Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m. Get a meat and 3 vegetables for just $8.49. Or for a lighter appetite, try the Lucky Lunch Soup, Salad, or Sandwich Combo. I'll see you at the free. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Well, forecast gradual clearing today. Colder, the high in the upper 30s at 39. Much colder tonight. The sky fair, the low at 16. And tomorrow we stay below freezing all day. A good supply of sunshine, the afternoon high at 30. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 36 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Your home for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Into the Gary here, so it's ten sixteen here on Tide one hundred point nine FM twelve thirty AM WTBC. Download the app, man. So many people are turning on to the app. It's a great place to go, and and um, I want to. Um give Justin a shout out for his great work. And, you know, we're, we're pretty pumped up around here. The Gary Harris show, um, the ratings book is in and we got some great ratings, uh, both on, um, the FM side and the AM side of the dial and really appreciate all the listeners, all the app listeners, all the involvement, all the engagement that we're getting. As I've said, I started the show in 2015 and going nine to 11, I never really envisioned it being a caller driven show. I still uh, consider it to be a content driven show, but boy, our callers have become a big part of it. So if you want to get through right now on the, uh, 
Krispy Kreme Donuts Hotline, 205-342-9904. We're wide open in this in this segment. Now, get to some app messages uh, been coming in uh, on the app. And uh, people, you know, obviously, the and I'm about to go into a little um, analysis of what's going on. It's, it's a wild time at the University of Alabama right now. There's no other way around it. And a lot of people are panicking. Yeah, a lot of people are panicking. Uh, Antonio on the app is letting us know. He says, I'm not even sure Coach Kalen DeBoer likes likes elite five-star players. We keep hearing that Coach Kalen DeBoer does more with less. Well, we're going to need it, he says. And with that same logic, if he doesn't win the SEC like he did with less in the Pac-12, he will lose favor with me. Well, all right. Uh All right, here's my thoughts for Friday morning (laughs) on where we're at. I said this last week, as soon as it happened on a Wednesday afternoon, I was in here on Thursday morning, and I said, you know what? The Alabama football program isn't the same as it was this time yesterday. And nine days later, that's a true statement. The Alabama football program is not the same as it was nine days ago. All that changed. The minute Nick Saban retired, this program changed. That's a reality. And again, that, that's the case regardless of who the coach is. Uh, and I think Kalen DeBoer is going to do a really good job here. But you weren't going to have Nick Saban retire and there not to be fallout. And, and, and listen, I don't want to diminish the Alabama brand one bit. I've said this before. Alabama won championships before. Nick Saban, they're going to win championships after Nick Saban. It's too important to too many people. You know, Alabama's been winning championships since Wallace Wade, okay, in the 1920s. Frank Thomas won national championships. Coach Bryant won them. Gene Stallings won one. It's about every coach that's coached here has won an SEC for the most part. I mean, you're going to win at Alabama. But the truth of the matter is, a lot of these young men – they grow up in California, grow up in Chicago, or grow up in in northeastern part of the country. They know of the Alabama tradition. They know the Alabama brand, but they're not Alabama fans. And, and the reality is many of these young men came here to play for Nick Saban. That's the truth. You know, I keep seeing the... I keep seeing the, well, you know, they, you know, they want to play for Alabama. Yeah, some of them wanted to play for Nick Saban. And Nick Saban's no longer the coach. So that changes the dynamic for a lot of these these young men. That's just the reality of it, folks. Connected to that kind of idea and what you've just been elaborating on, Gary, another app message here from Honeyman in Selma. He says, it's interesting everyone is having a meltdown over these players leaving Bama. I believe this is the perfect opportunity to set a plan to go after guys who love the state of Alabama and really want to play for the Tide. Whether they are five-star or three-star, one other thought you don't hear, Coach Saban or Coach DeBoer, all up in arms, they understood this would happen. Yeah, and, and another thing about the in-state kids, I'm all for it too, uh, but they got to be good enough to play here. Um, you know, you, 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 you go out of business if you're just recruiting guys just because they grew up in the state of Alabama and wanted to play for Alabama. You know, I wanted to play for Alabama. You know, you, you recruit and sign me, you, you know, you're not going to win any games. So there's a fine line between, you know, well, we want people that want to love Al- play for Alabama. Well, you can find a lot of those guys, but are they good enough to line up and win for you? So it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a balancing act. All right, let's get to phone calls. How on the Krispy Kreme Donuts Highline? Then we got Jim, and then we'll get to Ellis. Hey, good morning, Jim. Hey, would it be would the NCAA have the power to make a rule like that if you get any type of um, 
um, name, likeness, image, money that you you can't qualify for a scholarship. You have to pay your own way. Jim, you know, I don't, I, I, I can't answer that because I don't know right now if the NCAA can do anything. Uh, <laughs> you know, it seems to me they can't do anything other than slap some people on the wrist and, you know, uh, you say, hey, you broke the rules, but nothing happened. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I can't. I just yeah, don't, and the reason I'm saying it would leave one thing with the, the school, it would probably benefit the schools that can't afford players more because those players knew they'd get because you know there's a lot of players ain't getting any money right now. Yeah. So the, the the scholarship is what they're you know getting out of it, which is how it used to be. But if you uh, if you made a player like that was getting paid, if you made them like, hey, we're not going to pay for your personal tutors when you're making money off the school mm-hmm. now. I mean, you're mm-hmm. you know you're nothing without a guy. So you have to pay. I mean, you could go as far as you got to pay rent to use our weight yeah, room. Yeah, uh, yes. You know? Listen, I uh, and, and and you're saving your money for the kids that are playing there free. That's coming to play for the scholarship. So it allows you to, you know, um, you know, and it would save you money. You know, plus you know, let's let's say it's two way street. I mean, the athletes get making money on their image, but they also use the school to be in that position to begin with. Yeah, I. I... You know, we've been discussing it. You're going to have to look at something, some kind of, of you know, something's got to be done to kind of make this fair and equitable. I think one thing you have to watch, Jim, is is I know that there's uh, people have told me, well, why give out a scholarship if if somebody is going to be making enough money, just let them make their money and not give them a scholarship. Well, and then you can have more players on scholarship uh, or or have a, the problem with that is, uh, and this is not what you called about, but I want to clear this up while we're talking about it is you can only give out 85 scholarships. And if a player is taking NIL and not on scholarship, the NCAA will make them count against the scholarship regardless. So that way that at least keep you from stacking your roster. You know, you could have 85 players on scholarship and then you could have 25 more that were making NL NIL money. You could have a hundred and, you know, 10 players in essence on scholarship. So they do have that a rule in place for that. So people can't stack their roster with NIL. But as far as what you're talking about, um, yeah, it seems reasonable to me. You know, it does seem reasonable to some degree. Hey, you know, you're making money. So, but the problem is if you take the scholarship, then the scholarship comes with all of that, regardless of whether you're making NIL or not. The scholarship comes with the room and board. It comes with the, the, the tutoring. It comes. So I don't know, Jim, it's, I think we're still just all kind of trying to figure out what we're doing and where it's, you know, how much deeper down this road can we go? Are we going to go to the point where um, kids won't even come, period, unless they're paid? I don't know. You know, they may say, hey, man, scholarship's not enough. Uh, even though I'm a center, I want to be paid. So I don't know. It's um, As far as the quarterback at Trent went portal today, I kind of like don't blame <laughs> I mean, because it's like you know they got a stack quarterback room already. Then mm-hmm. they, then they, if you're him, you're saying, okay, why is this coach giving a scholarship to this red for sure? Oh, absolutely. Uh, well, I, so I it's think, like, yeah, yeah. So, I think it's what I said earlier, Jim. I, I think in in the high school ranks, I think this staff uh, that's here now with with Kalen DeBoer and Ryan Grubb, I think that they had Austin Mack. Uh, rated higher than they had Julian Sayan. You know, Alabama wanted Julian Sayan. I think Washington wanted Austin Mack. He was their guy, and now he's coming. So you're right. I mean, it, you know, if I'm Julian Sayan, um, I'm probably saying, hey, I don't need to be here. 
Yeah, I need to go somewhere where I'm I'm their guy. So yeah, I think there's some truth to that, man. I, I think that. Hey, uh, one more thing, real quick. I was listening. I was, oh, I was watching something on YouTube. I won't use, use the name because I mean, just you know, it's you know, talking about my football. Mm-hmm. But some guy called in, and the guy kind of like turned the show over to him because he seemed so knowledgeable, you know. Mm-hmm. And what he's saying, even though the portal's open 30 days, he he said something about as far as being able to transfer and get into the school that deadline would be around the 23rd or 24th of next week because, you know, as far as the semester start and all. So he's talking about it probably slow down after next week, you know, because if you did transfer after then, you'd have to wait before you get into school. You would think. You would say, I I, I would think that that would already be an issue, but apparently it's not. I mean, some of these schools um, have been in session a lot longer than Alabama. You know, Alabama doesn't start back now until usually after the national championship game because for so many years, students weren't coming. So, but some of these schools started back on, you know, they started back on like the 4th of January. Here it is already the 19th and guys are still leaving. And, you know, like a Julian saying, he just got enrolled here. I mean, he just got enrolled. And and now he's already up and leaving. I I, I can't figure it out how they handle all this stuff ac- academically. I mean, yeah. I don't. You know, guys just jump schools, four or five schools. Nobody's ever ineligible anymore. So, but you know, you would think that. But you know, you had the basketball player at Arkansas last year, Nick Smith, who was out in Los Angeles for six weeks, uh, training out there, and then came back. I guess they said he did online classes, but he did. He was in Los Angeles for six weeks. He came back to Fayetteville. Started going back to school and and played. So, I don't I don't ever think you know I don't I don't think there's any way to be academically ineligible more anymore unless you just quit. Hey, thank you. Yeah, Jim. I will say this. Yeah, yeah. One more thing, real quick. I just hope that they say whether it's a year or five, six years down the line that they get in the national championship game. These and these, any of these players that jump ship, you know, wants to get a sideline pass to the game, they I just turn them down. You know. Well, they probably will <laughs> if that happens. Hey, thanks, Jim. Great call. Let's uh, get Ellis in here before we have to uh, take a break. Good morning, Ellis. Hang on. I, I got it. I got it, Justin. I didn't punch him through. Now I got you. Good morning, Ellis. Good morning there, sir. How are you doing this yeah, morning? Yeah, doing all right, man. Friday. Uh, <laughs> well, that and everybody's uh, having a meltdown. Didn't we all know that this was going to happen? When Nick Saban left, I did. I had a feeling there'd be a lot to leave. Yeah, I think most people did, but I think then the reality of it, though, too, is when you're seeing it, you know, this five stars in the portal, this five stars in the portal, this great players in the portal, it, it still it still stings. I mean, I, I'm... Yeah, it stings, but they ain't no use to getting all worked up about it. No, I agree know. there. No, we can do about it either way. You know, you got to trust. No. And, I, and I'll say this, you, you, you do have to trust Kalen DeBoer to lead this program. He's the man in charge. I trust him. I know you I do. Trust I know him. you do. <laughs> like I told Brian Fowler yesterday, I believe in him. Uh, he's got a winning record. Uh, you know, uh, just like you, I think you said, another one saying that uh, here soon the players are going to want to come play for him because of his offense, his style of offense. You know, so. I think so. I think yeah. I think they're gonna. When, when we get to the fall, I think people are gonna enjoy watching this team play. I think it is gonna be a very offensive friendly style. I think 
quarterbacks are going to play well in it. Receivers are going to play well in it. You know, I feel like they're hiring a good defensive staff. So, you know, that'll be the fun part about it. We'll, we'll Like you said, we'll get through all this. We'll get to spring. We'll get to see them in the spring. And then before you know it, yeah. summer will come and we'll be playing football games. And then all these teams, yeah. all these fan bases that are making fun of Alabama right now, well, we'll see if they can back it up in the fall. Because to me, you know, what, what happens on the field still matters. You know, you beat somebody on the field, you know, no, all the jokes that they've cut and everything else won't really won't really resonate if you beat their if you beat their butts on the field. You know what I mean? Right, right. Let them make fun. Uh, but like the song by Steely Dan, Deacon Blues. Deacon Blues, yeah. Right. One of my favorites. Yeah, yeah. They got a name for the winners uh, in the world. I want to name when I lose. They call Alabama the Crimson Tide. Call that's me Deacon right, Blues. That's right. We're that? winners. That's right. Yeah, we're winners. Have been for so, a long yeah. time. You're right. That song goes back to oh, about 19. 19- mid-1970s, so, you know, Alabama was winning enough then that they had songs written about their, their winning. So this one before Saban going to win after Saban, whether people like it or not. And people can talk about the down years after Coach Bryant, but Alabama still did a little quite a bit of winning. Well, Gene Stallings won 70 games in seven years, won a national championship. Uh, Bill Curry won an SEC championship. Mike DeBose won an SEC championship. Uh, Ray Perkins had two years that competed for SEC championships. Mike Shula won 10 games one year. Uh, not that they were great years, but some of these years that these teams are having now, uh, like Missouri just had, you know, they're they're bragging. like You know, that's just, that's just another year at Alabama, man. You know, you... Yeah, yeah. You know, so... <laughs> Yeah, Alabama's going to win. Uh, I had to pull that uh, song up. I had to pull that out. Oh, and I give love that it. To you. One of my favorites. Hey, we may uh, <laughs> we may play it for the end of the show in your honor, Ellis. Keep listening. I may, I may, I'm probably going to work it in in a little bit, okay? Yes, sir. You have a good weekend. Thank you, sir. 1030. And uh, when we come back on the other side, uh, we'll get the Auburn perspective on Auburn and also on what's going on at Alabama. I know a lot of Auburn fans are are uh, reveling right now a little bit. But remember, you got to come to Tuscaloosa next year. You've lost four in a row to the Tide. So just keep that in mind before you get a little too giddy. We'll be back with uh, Brett Pritchard with the Auburn Report next right here on the Gary Harris Show. Los Tarascos has been serving Mexican favorites like burritos, fajitas, and quesadillas since 1999. Their new location is at 4100 Owen Parkway in Northport. And, of course, you can find Los Tarascos in Tuscaloosa at 110 Skyland Boulevard. The bar areas feature big screen television so you can enjoy your favorite sporting events. Los Tarascos features daily happy hour specials. And for the best Mexican cuisine in West Alabama, remember, the name is Los Tarascos with locations in Tuscaloosa and Northport. Life doesn't wait for when your finances are in perfect order. It just happens. But no matter what surprises come your way, Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. They offer an easy application process and fast decisions so you can stay focused on feeling good about whatever life brings your way. Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. Alabama Credit Union, loans for real life. Visit alabamacu.com to learn more. Some rules and restrictions apply. See if you're eligible for membership, then join today and feel good about your money. Covering University of Alabama sports, as well as the national and local scene as well. The Gary Harris Show, only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Thirty-three. 
Welcome back again to the Gary Harris Show. The TGIF edition has been nonstop, and we're going to keep it going now with uh, our weekly uh, Auburn segment, the Auburn Report with Brett Pritchard from the Auburn Blitz, uh, breaking down Auburn. Also, of course, we'll get Brett's uh, reaction to all the uh, the goings on here in Tuscaloosa. Good morning, Brett. Hey, Gary. What's up, buddy? Uh yeah, you haven't entered the transfer portal yet, have you? No, but uh, I, I I probably should since I uh, I was bragging about my – I hadn't said much about it, but uh, got the highest ratings on Tide for my show, so maybe it's time for me to get in the portal, the broadcast portal. Hey. Hi, man. Yeah. You got to strike while you're hot, man. I need, some, I need some more cash. I'm in the portal. <laughs> hey, uh, well, Auburn's benefiting. Uh, Antonio Kite. Um, Signed out of uh, Anderson High School a couple years ago by Alabama. Went in the portal right. and uh, and uh, signed with the Tigers. And the guy didn't play a lot here, but I know he's an extremely good athlete. And Auburn's looking for help at a lot of positions. So, um, you know, you're going to see this more and more going forward. We've talked about it, players that transfer to rival schools. So, Kite from Alabama to Auburn. Right. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, Charles Kelly recruited uh, Antonio Kite to Alabama and – uh, you look at the relationship. We talked about this on our show yesterday. Um, I, players build bonds and, and, and relationships with coaches now. I mean, maybe not necessarily as much. The school, obviously, yeah, you want to go play for a good school, but it's really about relationships. And uh, obviously, Charles Kelly's always been a really good recruiter. Uh, he's been all over the place, been at Florida State, been in Alabama, went out to Colorado. You know, he played at Auburn under Coach Pat Dye, so he's got Auburn roots. And he's back here. And, you know, again, with the constant changes in college football, uh, Kite decided that maybe he wanted to reunite with, with Charles Kelly. I think Charles Kelly had a lot to do with that. And uh, you can understand that in this world of, of, of college football now. So uh, relationships are big. And, you know, I remember a high school coach telling me last year, Gary, when I was talking about a, a particular kid getting recruited from a high school, and he told that one kid he was getting an offer from a couple of smaller schools, and the kid was waiting on a bigger offer, and he said, look, you got to do the right thing, and you got to call these other schools and tell them you appreciate it, but you, you're not going to go to that school. You're going to this school. He said, you don't ever burn bridges because in this day and age, that coach could be at a school you want to transfer to one day, and they're going to remember that relationship. So all of that comes into play now. you got to handle your business, and you never never know where somebody might end up in this world now. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, what's Auburn looking to do? Uh, I, you know, I thought, you know, I felt like maybe they might look to the portal for another, to get another quarterback down there. It still could, but uh, right now it, it looks like, you know, they they may stand pat with their quarterback roster. Um we know about Peyton Thorne, but I know there are a couple guys that are waiting in the wings that uh, could uh, could they make a move uh, this spring and challenge Thorne if another quarterback doesn't come in? Yeah, I think so. I mean, again, I think you've seen an opportunity with several transfer portal guys Auburn maybe reached out to, talked to, wasn't willing to do or, or give what, what these guys were asking. So uh, wasn't really – somebody they felt like they had to have so they they haven't gotten anybody you know yesterday there was some information on maybe jordan mcleod from james madison transferring to auburn but i think some of that uh was a little bit premature and i don't think anything has really come of that yet but i, I think Hugh Reeves has said it i think you know unless it's just the absolute guy that they feel like they gotta have they're not gonna not gonna go out and just get a guy to get him and again 
we, we've been through this six ways Sunday. Peyton Thorne didn't have the best year. Robbie Ashford's gone now. Uh, so you've got Hank Brown and Holden Gurner there, and you've got Walker White that's on campus now. And I think there's a lot of anticipation about what Walker White mm-hmm. can do and how fast he can adapt coming out. You know, the seventh-rate uh, quarterback in the country had a really good all-star game out in Texas. Um, he's just, he's got the right size. He's got the, the arm to make all the throws. He obviously is a very intelligent guy back there, quarterback, really makes good decisions. But we all know that the SEC is a whole different animal. And the positive thing is that he's in school now. He's going to go through spring, and he's going to be going into the fall camp with all that experience under his belt. It's not like back in the day, Gary, where freshmen reported in July. You had a few weeks before the season started. These guys are coming in now. And some are even there early enough to participate in bowl practice. So uh, they have a good seven, maybe eight months under their belt before the season even gets started with their with their team. So it's not like they're just a raw freshman coming in out of high school. So I do think there's some high expectations. I know that's a lot to place on a freshman, but uh, Walker White's going to come in and, and try to challenge. And, again, we saw a glimpse of Hank Brown in the bowl game. What little we saw looked really, really good. I think it impressed a lot of people. So maybe he can challenge. Maybe Holden Gurner can step up to the plate, too. And obviously Peyton Thorne's going to be in the mix. I just don't think there's a rush right now. But, you know, there'll be another portal window open uh, in May. Uh, that's when they picked Peyton Thorne up last year. So it's not out of the realm of possibility they had another quarterback. With what's happening at Alabama, obviously, with Saban retiring, brand-new staff coming in, portal – uh, you know, portal getting hit hard. That that's that's the main story. I get it. But um, and you and I touched on this a little bit last week. But Hugh Freeze, after one year, has pretty much just. I mean, he's overhauled his staff. I mean, it, it's basically a brand new staff. Uh, so I think that's not getting as much attention because of what's happening here at Alabama. But he's uh, he's really reworked his staff. And and I'm not going to hit on every one of these staff additions. Some of them we already talked about, but I did think it was interesting. I, I, first of all, I think Ken Austin's a terrific coach. I think he's going to help that offense. Uh, Derek Nick's coming in though, as the offensive coordinator. And I thought Ole Miss, uh, because you know, uh, this was a a school release, but I thought it was a a little dig at, at, at freeze and Auburn when they released, uh, that, you know, Derek Nix after 17 years at Ole Miss, it was just too good of opportunity to be a play caller in the Southeastern Conference. You know, they put that statement out and I think, you know, Lane Kiffin put that statement out and and Lane Kiffin, all he does is troll everybody. I don't know how he does any coaches because. I mean, if you go to Twitter, I mean, it's a constant troll of Alabama or Auburn. It's just whoever the flavor of the day is uh, right now. So, obviously, he's able to get it done. And, look, I, I get it. I mean, you know, Ole Miss has had two of the best years they've had in a long time, back-to-back. And Derek Nix has been a lifer at, at Ole Miss. And, and, and Auburn in a, in a rebuilding process. And you got Hugh Freeze, who was a coach at Ole Miss, who a lot of people in Oxford still like. Right. So, He's battling all that, and it's not a good look when uh, a, a team that's had two losing seasons like Auburn comes in and plucks one of your coaches away from you, especially the week before. You put a picture of him in a offensive staff room out there saying, I wish people would quit contacting me, telling me Derek Nixon at Auburn football. Well, guess what? The next week he is. And I, again, I think it was just a shot all the way around by him to say, you know, we're trying to protect our – 
around. I think that's what everybody's doing sure. right now, Gary. Yeah. Where everybody's trying to protect their own territory and everybody's going and plucking players and plucking coaches from one place to the next. So, um, you know, it's a big get, I think. I, I, I think, obviously, Derek Nix is well-respected. He's a great recruiter. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good addition. But going back to what you said, uh, this has really kind of been under the radar with Auburn going after two brand-new coordinators, you know, Charles Kelly being named co-coordinator. I uh, don't know uh, if Chris Kiffin will be the guy or if, it, if it's DJ Durkin or whoever it is, but I know Coach Freeze is trying to, to get that finalized as soon as possible. But, yes, um, really a revamped staff all the way around, save a few guys. So uh, that's going to be interesting, too. Roster-wise, uh you know, Freeze has talked since he got there about, hey, man, we got to get this roster uh, more talented. Hit the recruiting trail hard, you know, doing some stuff at the portal. Uh, Brett, where do you see this roster in year two as, you know, compared to, to year one? Has has there been a lot of improvement? Has there been enough that, that you know, Auburn was six and seven that they could realistically, and again, we don't know what the SEC is going to be like with Oklahoma and Texas coming in, but you, you could, do you see an opportunity for this Auburn team to be more talented enough to make a big step in terms of their record this year? I think they can, Gary, and you look at the schedule, and, and we've already broken the schedule down on our show, and, you know, there's some, there's some tough spots in there. Obviously, you got to go on the road to Alabama and Georgia, so that's, that's tough, but I think Outside of that, I mean, you've got six games. And, again, I hate to go through there and just cherry pick and say you're going to win this game because, obviously, New Mexico State was the one everybody thought Auburn would win, and that didn't work out. But no, I do think there were some unique circumstances surrounding that and kind of the way things went down, so outlier situation there. But if you look at it, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's high expectations to, to win, you know, at least eight or nine football games this coming year with the improvement of the roster and the improvement of offensive line and, you know, uh, in enhancing the linebacking core. And I know the secondary was uh, a situation where uh, it was a strength this past year and you lose D.J. James and you lose uh, Nehemiah Pritchett and uh, Zion Puckett and you lose uh, Jalen Simpson and all those guys. But you're, you're bringing in some guys, too, that are going to help, I believe. I think – Antonio Kite will challenge to be a starter. I think Jaron Thompson coming over from Texas this week. Uh, you know, Steve Sarkeesian had high praise for him and said one of the best safeties he's ever coached. Uh, so he's going to be an immediate impact player for Auburn. So, and, and to bring back who Auburn's already got back there. So the, the secondary is not going to be as bad as I think people thought. But I think overall on the defensive front and in the linebacking core, I think we're going to be better. There, I think obviously the offensive line play is going to continue to improve and get better with what Auburn's bringing in. Uh, so, yeah, I think there's high expectations, but it's always that key position, Gary, that everybody goes back to, quarterback. Who's going to be the guy mm-hmm. to, to run the show on offense? And that's the biggest Achilles heel right now. We all know that if you get a guy that can really perform at quarterback, they can cover up some holes that you have. They can make up for – some some areas that you're maybe not as good or you're deficient in. So Auburn's got to really figure out a guy that can go out there and, and move the football up and down the field and, and and be a consistent player, be somebody that can move the chains, keep offensive drives alive. I don't think the ship has failed on Peyton Thorne, but he's got to go out there and prove with an enhanced wide receiver core and a better offensive line and a veteran returning 
running back room that he can go out there and get the job done. That's that's it's really on his shoulders at this point. All right, before we close it out, uh, word on basketball, Auburn is rolling, uh, certainly in, in the conversation for, I think, might be the best team in the league. Um, get Ole Miss tomorrow night at Neville Arena. Um, I mean, Auburn looks like it's hitting on all cylinders. I mean, they're just deep, uh, talented, size, depth, as I said. Uh, you know, can play slow, can play fast, defensively a good team. I mean, you think Auburn's the best team in the league right now? I don't. I'd be hesitant to say the best team. I think Kentucky's really, really good right now, and offensively they're scoring a lot of points. I do think Tennessee is extremely good. Um, I do think Auburn's right there with them. I think I think those are the three best teams in the league, and I do think there's a ton of great teams. I think Alabama's right there too. I really do. I think those four teams have kind of pushed themselves up to the top of the the, the map on. Uh, in the SEC, but you look down this list, and there's teams like South Carolina and Georgia and LSU and uh, and even Ole Miss uh, that everybody didn't expect to be having the years they're having right now. So, of course, it's a long season. We'll see where it all kind of settles out. But there's this this league is a lot tougher this year. It seems like, and uh, but I do think Auburn's good. I think they've got a lot to work on in some areas. I think Bruce Pearl said that after the game against Vanderbilt, he was very disappointed in how the team finished the game in the second half. Now, again, they had a big lead at halftime, but he's looking ahead. He knows how tough it is to win games in this league, and you got to have a, an intensity and a, and a mentality to play hard for 40 minutes. And I think what makes Auburn so good, not necessarily their scoring ability, because I think they're I think they're a little above average from, a, from an offensive standpoint, but I think they're exceptional defensively. I think this team puts pressure on – on teams from the start to the finish, they harass ball handlers. They've got size inside to protect the rim and make it hard to get downhill. Uh, they're just deep. And I think depth and chemistry and all of that kind of tied together is what makes this team pretty good. And uh, again, it's a grind. You know, Auburn's got a tough schedule the next three games, especially the next two. You got Ole Miss coming in. That will be interesting with Alan Flanagan returning to, to Neville Arena with his dad, West, and and you go to Alabama next week, and uh, you know Coleman calls him. We'll be hopping, and you know if Alabama somehow goes on the road and knocks Tennessee off, and Auburn holds serve against Ole Miss, you have two undefeated teams playing. The only two undefeated teams left in the SEC playing, and Coleman calls him next Wednesday. So, not that that game needs any more, uh, you know, fuel to the fire. But man, if you if you get go into that game as the two first place teams boy it's just gonna add more to it yeah it's gonna be fun no doubt about it and i know you're gonna be having fun on the auburn blitz today at noon yeah we are we're you know again talking about all this crazy transfer portal stuff and that seems like a, a broken record but we'll talk about that talk about auburn basketball and starting to get ready for some auburn baseball coming up too yep. uh won't be long before uh first game in mid-february so things kind of shaping up there we'll start talking about that too thanks brett all right, thank you. All right, have a good weekend. 1048, we'll take our final break, and we'll come back. We'll get a phone call from Dossie. We'll get to you on the uh, Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline, and we're going to come back with a little Deacon Blues. We'll still go out with Home Sweet Home to close the show, but we're going to change it up a little bit because Ellis called in, and we're going to uh, remind people that they got a name for the winners in the world. We'll do that next right here on the Gary Harris Show. Coming up next on the Stingray Show. 
Calling all Crimson Tide football fans, I'm personally inviting you to join in on the Stingray Show Friday evening when we will be joined by former Tuscaloosa County High School fullback who took his talents to the University of Alabama from 2003 through 2006. I'm talking about the dynamic fullback LaRon McLean will join us on the Friday evening edition of the Stingray Show. Make sure you tune in. Tune in to the Stingray Show, Friday nights, 6 to 7 p.m. on Tide 100.9 and 12.30 a.m. WTBC. Since 2011, Billy Sports Grill, located on Main Avenue in historic downtown Northport, has been serving their legendary signature chicken sandwich, award-winning wings, and handcrafted cocktails. Billy's is also the spot to watch all your favorite sporting events with big screen, high-definition televisions, both dining rooms, at the bar, and outside on the beautiful patio. Come by and say hello to Kim and Lisa, the Billy's management dream team. Billy's good food, good friends, and good time. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Forecast gradual clearing today. Colder, the high in the upper 30s and 39. Much colder tonight. The sky fair, the low at 16. And tomorrow we stay below freezing all day. A good supply of sunshine, the afternoon high at 30. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 36 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Need to know what's going on with the Crimson Tide? Then subscribe to our YouTube channel for exclusive content. On your home for Alabama sports, Tide 100.9. And streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. People, they got a name for the winners of the world. Ellis called in with that earlier, and we said, well, we'll get it on here in the final segment, Deacon Blues, by the legendary Steely Dan, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame members. And uh, we'll go out with Home Sweet Home by Motley Crue, as we normally do on a Friday. Right now, we're jumping out on the uh, Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline and welcoming Dossie up in South Carolina. Hey, Doss. Hey, Gary. I know you're up against it. I'll be quick. No, I got, got time. Quick go ahead. We got about four minutes. Uh, go a ahead. little bit of a, a rant and a question for you. Um, so bear with me. I'm going to try to be lucid here. Um, you know, uh, I don't know why we're shocked about this, but the greed and selfishness, this is in the world today, are winning out. Your greed with your coworkers, even your family. And I don't want to start getting on a socioeconomic thing. But anyway, I don't know why we're so shocked. I know some of these players come from bad, hard backgrounds we can't relate to, and they need money. But now they're chasing jewelry and cars and clothes and junk, you know, as they say, stuff that you can't take with you. Mm -hmm. And somebody on your show or somewhere on some show somewhere I heard said, I'm done with these players. I am too. I'll always support the team, uh, but I'm done with these individual players. You know, Alabama wins. But as far as these individual players, I'm kind of done. I'm, you know, I'm just, um, it's not disturbing. It's disgusting. And uh, I guess I'm maybe just a little fired up and a little irritated, but but anyway, um, you know, just kind of kind of done with them. The question I had for you is, 
and maybe you've touched on this, I don't get to listen every day or, or call in, but um, do you believe that Kirby, Lane Kiffin, whoever, whoever coaches are out there are trashing the program and just ripping it and, you know, really putting it down? Or is this just is what it is? These players are just moving on because of the things I just said. And the second part of the question is, my only concern about Kalen DeBoer is, you, you know as I like I do, Gary, the SEC, there's a different kind of lowdown when it comes to doing things, you know what I mean? And you got to get dirty. And if these coaches are doing that, can Kalen DeBoer fight fire with fire and do the same? Because I think it's time to, to kind of do that. Well, first part about, I mean, I don't know if I'd call and say they're trashing the program. Do I think that other programs are trying to use this situation against Alabama and recruiting in the portal? Absolutely. That's just that's the way it goes. You said yourself, this is the SEC, man. I mean, people get after it down here. They get after it big time. So, yeah, I think Kirby Smart, Lane Kiffin, Steve Sarkeesian, Hugh Freeze, uh, you name a coach in this league. They're trying to uh, talk to recruits and and players that are in the portal and say, listen, Alabama's uh, in in transition. They're a mess right now. They're you know they're, they're, it's you know the, they're they're hemorrhaging. Uh, you need to come here. So yeah, I think that's working against them. The second part of your question, Dossie, about Kalen DeBoer. Um, you know, only time will tell. I mean, I think he's a really good football coach, but I don't disagree with you that until you've coached in the Southeastern Conference, you don't know what it's like. And uh, I'm not saying that the Pac-12 wasn't a good league. You know, it was a good league last year, and there are other you know, they play good football at other parts of the country too. But here, the intensity, the way, again, that, that um, uh, people compete in recruiting, um, you know, I do think it's an adjustment. But he's a competitor. And he's 104 and 12, and he won three national championships at uh, the NAI level. You know, I know, I know you say you know it's NAIA, but you compete against who you compete against, and he dominated at that level. Played for three, uh, played for four, and won three. Uh, did the job at Fresno State to the point that he got hired at Washington, and he was phenomenal in two years at Washington. So, as I said earlier in the show, Dossie is an Alabama fan, and I know you are. All you can do is hope, and uh, you know you can you can get frustrated. You're allowed to do that, but it ultimately there's. You know, you just have to to hope that he is really good and does a really good job because there's nothing, you know, that you can do about it one way or the other. And uh, I think Greg Byrne is a good AD. I think he made a good hire. And I think that uh, Kalen DeBoer will do a good job. And, uh, you know, how that plays out, we'll just have to wait and see. But, I, you know, it was going to be tough, as I said, for anybody to come in here. You know, people say, well, why do you hire yeah. a saving disciple? Or, you know, that doesn't guarantee you success. It's still not Nick Saban. So, you know, that's the way I view it. Right, and I, I agree with everything you say, Gary. And just real quick, you know, that we have some fans taking veiled shots, very veiled shots at Saban because of the way this has gone down. But, you know, Saban himself said there's no good time for retirement. No, I guess he not. could have gone on there's that. There's not. It, on it, a, you know, I do think that it, it didn't work out ideal. But you're right. It's his life. He's got to do what he's got to do. Hey, thank you, Dossie. Have a okay, great weekend, you. man. It is uh, 1057. We're going to wrap it up. This hour has been brought to you by Cat Patterson Comer Attorneys at Law. And uh, have a great weekend, everybody. And uh, we'll be back on Monday. And, you know, what could happen in the next couple of days could be a lot. We'll discuss it on Monday. Keep it dialed in all day to Great Sports Talk right here on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. For Justin Jones, I'm Gary Harris. Have a great one.
Thank you for listening to The Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Krispy Kreme.